Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about the Bring America Back to Life Convention, which is coming right here to Cleveland. That's March uh, 10th and 11th. That's Saturday, uh, excuse me, Saturday, Friday and Saturday, uh, March 10th and 11th. Let's take a listen to the ad that's running right now for the Bring America Back to Life Convention. This is Molly Smith, President of Cleveland Right to Life and Chair of the annual Bringing America Back to Life Convention. This two-day event will be held on March 10th and 11th at the Embassy Suites in Independence, Ohio. This Cleveland Right to Life stellar event returns to welcome national and international heroes, such as Seth Dillon, CEO and Editor-in-Chief of the online news giant, The Babylon Bee, that brings humor to the news through satire. Kristen Hawkins, she joins us to recount her powerful experiences as a grassroots activist. Jack Posobiec, Senior Editor of Human Events. This culture-changing educational event has become a benchmark for the local, state, and national pro-life and pro-family movement, as it is here that we pave the way back to life through prayer, action, voting, and education. Help us to bring America back to life on March 10th and 11th at the Embassy Suites in Independence. For a complete list of presenters, tickets, and booth registrations, go to bringingamericabacktolife.org. That's bringingamericabacktolife.org. Hurry, tickets are limited and are going fast. And, of course, uh, we're very excited about bringing America back to life convention. The Ohio Christian Alliance has uh, attended the event over the years, and we look forward to doing that as well this year. With us on the phone is the executive director of Cleveland Right to Life, who is the sponsor of Bring America Back to Life convention, and that's Kate Macra. Uh, Again, she is the executive director of Cleveland Right to Life. Kate, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Chris. It's great to be here. Well, this is a a very exciting time with the Bring America Back to Life convention again. And tell us a little bit about what your uh, thoughts are as we go into this uh, next convention. Well, first of all, thank you once again for having me, and thanks to the Ohio Christian Alliance for their longstanding support of the convention over the years, because we couldn't do it without our without our helpers, and so we're very grateful to to folks like you and all the grassroots folks who've been supporting us because we are very proud to be sponsoring our 14th annual Bringing America Back to Life convention. So it's been going on for quite a while now, and um, it is, uh, as you heard in Molly's intro there, uh, a two-day event. So it takes place on March 10th and 11th at the Embassy Suites in Independence. And it is more than just... uh, a symposium for you. You know, you go in, and of course, you hear wonderful presentations, but we also have exhibitors, as you mentioned, they're going to, you know, people have tables, organizations have tables, pro-life related organizations, and we basically take over the, the whole lobby area of the embassy suite. So we have, we're going to have, I think about 60 exhibitors this year. So when, when there's not a presentation going around, um, there will be opportunities for the folks to just walk around, make uh, connections with other other pro-life people, get literature, find out about other organizations. So it's it's a very uh, exciting and inclusive time. It's it's a great opportunity for networking as well. But of course, the main reason that we're all there is because we have uh, a wonderful group of presenters. We have a total of twelve speakers, 
six on Friday and six on Saturday. And I don't know if you want me to start uh, discussing some of the folks that are going to be speaking. I'll tell you what, uh, let's get to, let's get to that in a minute. And we're very excited about the speakers you're having this year, but let's, let's talk about the schedule. So it starts on Friday morning, actually with a breakfast with Star Parker and uh, yeah. that's 8 a.m. for, and again, you can register for Bring America Back to Life Convention online. Again, that's bringamericabacktolife.org. And the registration form is there for all of the events. And if you are going to actually uh, register for the two-day event, and we would really encourage you to do that uh, because spending the day with the folks there uh, at the convention is time well taken. Uh, so Star Parker is going to be there. She's going to be the speaker at the uh, morning breakfast on Friday. Tell us about that. That kind of kicks things off. Yes, we we knew, just know that Star is going to uh, get us started off right. And so she is the founder and president of CURE, which stands for the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. And you may know Star from her many appearances on Fox News, Newsmax, and she's a, a political commentator, and she's been all around uh, various media outlets. But her focus and CURE's focus is, uh, they they want to fight poverty and focus on messages of faith and freedom and personal responsibility in the minority community. And Star has been particularly outspoken about the abortion genocide that takes place in the Black community, and she is she is unafraid to call that out. And so her presentation is going to be called "Life, Liberty, and Pursuit of Happiness Post Roe," and I'm sure that it's going to be a must listen for all of your your listeners, and uh, we are very excited to have Star back with us. Then you have a break at 10 o'clock, and that's for folks to be able to see the many exhibitors that will be there, as you said, in the big atrium. Uh, that's always a grand time to be able to go to each of the tables to talk uh, to a number of the exhibitors that are there, a number of right-to-life groups from around Ohio. Uh, other yes. policy groups will be there, and it'll be a great time of engagement and getting information. Then uh, you head into your next session presentation. Uh, that's at 10.30. That's P- Pam Stencil. Tell us about that. Well, I am so excited to welcome Pam Stenzel. She has a very, very compelling story. And I think it's something that we need to talk about. You know, in the pro-life movement, we have a lot of people who say they're pro-life and they say, well, I'm pro-life except maybe in the case of rape or incest. And my response to them is always, well, then you're not really pro-life, are you? Because a child should not be punished based on the circumstances of his or her conception. And that goes right to the heart of Pam Stenzel's story because she herself was conceived as the product of rape. And her mother was, I believe, 15 years old at the time. She was sexually assaulted, and she decided to keep that baby. And that that baby grew up to be Pam Stenzel. And uh, God had a plan in mind for Pam because she is uh, she has been working tirelessly almost uh, basically since she's been a teenager to help other women who have found themselves in a crisis pregnancy situation. And she will be talking about answering the rape exception. And I think that, um, you know, when I spoke with her about her topic and and that sort of thing, I said, more pro-lifers need to hear this. So please do not tone down your message. And so she said, well, that's one thing you'll have to learn about me is that I never uh, tone down anything and I could be very blunt. So I think she's going to, 
she's going to have some hard truths for some folks who who may be kind of wishy-washy on the whole exception topic. And I I really think that um, she is going to say what a lot of people need to hear. And it will empower people also when that argument about exceptions inevitably inevitably comes up when people are talking about abortion. So uh, very much looking forward to her presentation. And I hope your listeners will be as well. Absolutely. Again, we're talking with Kate Macra. She is the executive director of Cleveland Right to Life. And we're talking about the Bring America Back to Life convention that will be in Independence right there at the Embassy Suites. You can register online at bringamericabacktolife.org. That will be two days power-packed with speakers and exhibitors and breakout sessions. Uh, This is a really must-attend event for pro-lifers, and especially when we are entering into a whole new phase of the battle for life. Uh, here in the state of Ohio and across the country after the fall of Roe v. Wade uh, with the Dobbs decision. Now it's a skirmish war in each of the states. We're going to be talking about that on this program as the pro-aborts are seeking to go to the ballot in Ohio to codify into law, into our state constitution, abortion on demand. We cannot let that happen, and we're going to spend a lot of time on that in this program uh, in the weeks and months to come. Uh, But right now, uh, we are going to be uh, gearing up and getting trained. And one of the ways to do that is to attend pro-life events like this, Bring America Back to Life Convention. Kate, when we look at uh, your lunchtime speaker on Friday, again, this is a two-day event, Friday and Saturday, March 10th and 11th. Alex uh, Schattenberg, is that his name? Would you tell us about him? Yes, you got it right. Yes, yes, exactly. Tell us about Alex. Alex. Yeah, Alex. Alex is the executive director of the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition, and he is Canadian, and the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition is a Canadian organization, so you might be saying to yourself, well, what does that have to do with us? And my answer to that is you you should be paying attention to what Alex has to say because he is going to be sounding the warning bells because everything that's happening in Canada, unless we do something to stop it, will be coming here. Uh, You may know that there is a big push to expand uh, assisted suicide and euthanasia nationally. Currently in some states, but like Oregon and Washington State, they have very, very uh, liberal rules when it comes to assisted suicide. Uh, And the push now is to remove the residency requirements. So basically anybody in any state could just fly to one of the pro-euthanasia states and end their lives. And it's not so much about not being compassionate, but the push now is to uh, euthanize people who have mental illness, uh, even people who have uh, disorders like anorexia and post-traumatic stress syndrome. So there's just a very slippery slope that we we must not allow it to continue and we must not allow it to to come to Ohio because it will. Uh, It's like the old frog in the boiling water analogy where you know, unless you do something, it's just going to keep slowly turning up the water and people are going to be turning a blind eye. And then before we know it, they're going to be euthanizing uh, people with Down syndrome, which has been the case in some situations. So it's it's a very important topic. You know, we do talk a lot about abortion during our convention and rightfully so, but we also cannot neglect the end of life issues as well. So Alex Schattenberg uh, is a fantastic speaker. Um, very engaging, and I am sure that your listeners will want to hear what he has to say about assisted suicide and euthanasia. 
Again, this is really a full schedule. You have additional speakers on Friday. I'm going to skip ahead to your dinner speaker, uh, Chris, uh, Kristen Hawkins. Yes. Is she, uh, she's with Students for Life, isn't that right? Yes, she is the president of Students for Life. And Kristen is, uh, she is an amazing woman. She has built a national network of more than 1,400 student groups and organizations. And her specialty is engaging pro-life students on college campuses. Unfortunately, so many of the college campuses, as we know, are are just loaded with, with leftists and the, the kids there are being poisoned by all this leftist ideology. And it is good to know that there are organizations out there like Students for Life who are trying to be like the antidote to those those leftist organizations on campus, and they are getting pro-life students involved and getting them to basically empowering them to speak up and to, to not be afraid. You know, they, they kind of do what uh, Charlie Kirk does as far as Turning Point USA, and I really do believe the, the key to winning this war on behalf of the unborn is is our young people, our college, our college people and young people. We need to we need to get them to open their mouths and become activists for for life. And Kristen has done an amazing job of doing this. She is absolutely fearless. She I follow her on Twitter and she is absolutely amazing. She's um she will take anybody on at any time. She's not afraid to talk about exceptions. Uh she has she has her own podcast. She goes at lectures to organizations all the time. She's always on the road. And we are just so, so excited to have her speaking as our dinner keynote for Friday evening. And again, that's the Bring America Back to Life convention, and that's coming up this Friday, March 10th. Uh, so that's a week from Friday. Uh, March 10th and 11th is the Bring America Back to Life convention. Kate, uh, when we, those who are maybe just going to the dinner on Friday night or Saturday night, they can come early uh, like an hour beforehand, and actually spend some time with the exhibitors. Would be a good time for them to network and actually move around to some of the exhibitors as well. Uh, I know we've done that in the past. Uh, again, you can register for the event at bringamericabacktolife.org. This is a two-day event. It's Friday and Saturday, March 10th and 11th. Uh, now, let's go to Saturday morning. Again, this is an 8 o'clock breakfast with uh, Jack Prozibek. Uh Tell us about that. Yes, um, I have to kind of put in a little plug here because I have been a big fan of Jack Posobiec for uh, several years now, and very, very early on in the in the process when we were talking about who to ask to present, I told Molly Smith, my boss and the president of Cleveland Right to Life, I said we need to get Jack Posobiec, and she she was not aware of him. She did not really know anything about him. So I, I sent her a bunch of clips. I sent her some of his writings. And uh, she said, oh, my gosh, you're right. We do have to get him. And so we did. We we were lucky enough to, to nab him for our uh, Saturday morning breakfast keynote. Yeah, that's really yeah. great because I, I follow him on Twitter. And uh, yes, like you say, human events. And yeah, he's really uh, on top of the news cycles. And uh, it's actually a lot of relevant information in a very timely manner. So good job getting him, getting, uh, <laughs> help me pronounce his last name again, Jack Posobiec. It's, it's No, it's Posobiec. Posobiec, okay. 
Yeah. Oh, I've, uh, yeah, been, I've always, been following always... him for a while now, for about a year <laughs> or two, and actually really appreciate it. In fact, I think it was my son. So, again, what you've done here, and I like the youth lineup here. This is a younger um, audience of uh, speakers, and that's important because the movement needs to get y- young. And it is, of course, there's like uh, Students for Life is a huge network across the country, so there's no problem there in the life community for sure. But I like that right. your your speaker lineup uh, reflects that as well. So great job. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, as you said, I'm so glad that you follow him on Twitter too, because he's my favorite follow on Twitter. He is uh, for those folks who may not be aware, he is a huge conservative presence on social media, and he has about two million followers on Twitter. You know, so he's no slouch for sure. But so he has, you know, he has a podcast. Um, he's the senior uh, editor of Human Events. He is also, if you watch The War Room with Steve Bannon, he's a frequent uh, commentator on there, and uh, he co-hosts uh, Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk show. So anywhere there's a, a conservative movement going on, uh, Jack is probably in the middle of it somewhere. And he, but he's also unapologetically pro-life and very strong in his faith. And so I, I am just super excited. So. I just I told Molly I have to promise not to you know fangirl when he when he gets there because I'm just really happy that he's coming. <laughs> but I know well, it's going to be a great presentation. Absolutely, that's great. Again, this is Saturday morning at eight o'clock. Uh, that's a breakfast, and again, the registration is still open for Bring America Back to Life dot org. That's March tenth and eleventh. Uh, Jack Pose, uh, help me with his last Pasovic. name again. Pozovic. Pozovic. Yes. <laughs> he will be the speaker on Saturday morning at eight. Uh, so, anyways, let's move along to uh, you got Hugh Brown, you got Mark Pallotta. Tell us about the um, uh, lunch with Mark Pallotta on Saturday. Co-editor of Created Equal, Clarence Thomas, in his own words, "Be not afraid, justice." Clarence Thomas, inspiring life and jurisprudence. Tell us about that. Yes. Well, Mark Pallotta, uh, he is an, an amazing fellow. He's an attorney, and he served uh, as former White House counsel in the George H.W. Bush administration. And he was actually instrumental in the Clarence Thomas confirmation hearings. And later, kind of fast forward a few few presidencies there, um, he served in the Trump administration, and he, he also worked went, during the Trump uh, time. He also served as a counsel to VP Pence, and he did work also on the Gorsuch and the Kavanaugh Supreme Court nominations. So he has a lot of experience in that in that arena. And during his time, while he was uh, helping out with the Thomas confirmation hearings, he really got to know Justice Thomas. And he uh, has become friends with Justice Thomas and his wife, Ginny. He is uh, Ginny Thomas's personal attorney. And he was so inspired that he decided to co-edit this book about Justice Thomas because he has such an inspiring life story. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people love to misrepresent Justice Thomas in the media and leftists and call him all all kinds of horrible names. But Justice Thomas is one of the the kindest, most humble, most uh, wonderful people who has ever served on the Supreme Court. And I think that was uh, Mark Paoletta's intention was to kind of get, get the real Justice Thomas out there so people could find out more about who he is as a human being. And so he co-edited this book, and he actually uh, started a website all about Justice Thomas. So he is going to be 
talking about Justice Thomas, his his life and his jurisprudence. And the theme of our convention this year actually is be not afraid. There are, there are so many, there are so many and just people desire to just cow us and scare us into silence. And so we want to let it out there that just you cannot be afraid. And so tying in with that perfectly, Mark Paletta's uh, presentation is entitled be not afraid, justice, Clarence Thomas's inspiring life and jurisprudence because Justice Thomas has shown an awful lot of courage starting off in, in the South, being sharecropper's son, um, to sitting on the Supreme Court. He has a really an amazing story. We're talking with Kate Macra. She's the executive director of Cleveland Right to Life. We're talking about the Bring America Back to Life convention, and you can still register. It's March 10th and 11th at the Embassy Suites in Independence, and uh, you can go to bringamericabacktolife.org to register. Let's talk about Seth Dillon and the Babylon Bee, because they do great work out there. And they're, they're, he, Seth is your keynote speaker for the Saturday night dinner. Now, folks can actually just uh, register for either the Friday or Saturday dinner if they're not able to attend uh, the convention times during the day. Is that right? Is there still registration open for the dinners? Yes, and I'm... I'm Thank you for asking because we we have kind of an, an all all purpose type of registration. If you want to come and just listen to the speakers, you are certainly able to do that. You know, you don't you do not have to purchase any of the meals. We add a, we add the meals on as sort of a convenience to the convention goers, so they won't have to you know leave and then come back. So uh, people are welcome to come and listen to the speakers all day uh, and add meals if they if they want to. We are. Getting close to the point of being sold out, but we do have a few few more spots available. So I would encourage your listeners to to go to bringingamericabacktolife.org to register right away. Uh, also mention that for folks who maybe are not able to attend in person that we do have a live stream option as well. So you can still catch all of our presenters and all their wonderful speeches by you go to bringingamericabacktolife.org and if you go to the registration area. Uh, there's a little drop-down menu, and the live stream registration will be an option. So it's $20 per day. So if you want to make sure you, you hear Seth Dillon on Saturday and all the speakers on Saturday, you would uh, register for Saturday, or you can register for both days. So just wanted to let your listeners know that that's an option in case they're not physically able to attend. Is that a new feature for the convention? It's the relatively li- new. I believe this is our third year doing it, and so it's kind of been slowly building up because our first year we had to work out some of the the technical stuff, and last year it was our first real full-fledged year with the live stream, but uh, it is picking up steam, and we are getting quite a few live stream registrations. But you know, I know there are a lot of folks that may not physically be able to be there, but I wouldn't want you to miss any of our our wonderful speakers. So the live stream is a great way to do that. All you need is a, a internet connection, and a phone or a tablet or a computer, and you can you can still catch all the action. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, Kate, thank you so much for being my guest today. Again, that's Kate Macro, Executive Director of Cleveland Right to Life and the Bring America Back to Life Convention. Thank you so much, Kate. Well, thanks so much for having me, Chris. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Recently, we had the opportunity to talk about the Asbury Revival that took place in Kentucky. And this uh, revival has spread to 20 other universities as well as high schools across America. We're going to go ahead and play that uh, clip from last week. Let's listen in. 
Well, nearly two weeks ago, a routine worship service never ended. Since then, a full-blown revival has taken Asbury University by storm. And while some have traveled miles to get to the little town of Wilmore, some of the residents already here are ready for those visitors to head home. Inside Hughes Auditorium continue to be packed. So have been the streets of this small town. Everything's just kind of clogged up. Katie Coogan lives just down the road from Asbury University, where the revival is nearing its 13th day. But the revival now considered over capacity. Well, you can't park anywhere close to the grocery store at all. She's not alone. Multiple other people in the town we spoke with shared similar views. They're not against the revival. They just don't like how this has impacted their community. University Communications Director Abby Lobb says they have heard from the community. People overwhelmingly have been gracious. However, we realize that, you know, it's been difficult. We know there's been noise. We know there's been traffic. So, yeah, we don't want to discount those concerns. Students have been impacted, too. It is a lot, and it's been hard to keep up on academics and investing in where God wants me to invest. The impact on the community and their students, combined with the previously planned event Thursday, have helped lead to a change in course. The revival will end Thursday evening, with the public allowed in one last time Monday. We've really come to see that this is not a sustainable thing to continue with having thousands of visitors. Um, but it is going to be a relief to get back to our small town life and also just be able to um, get to the places that we need to get to. Come Thursday, will it be more a sense of relief or more a sense of, I'll miss this? Depends on what student you ask. Me, I'll miss it. I'll miss it. Despite the revival ending, they hope the spiritual movement will live on. In Wilmore, Ricky Sayer, LEX 18 News. And that's the local TV station. So things are changing structurally at Asbury. But you know, Pastor Tim Throckmorton, you can't put God in a box when he interrupts your life. It's forever, and you're ever forever changed. And 46 years ago, God interrupted my life, and it's been different ever since. How about you, brother? Oh, my, I was 14 when God interrupted my life. I haven't gotten over it yet. And this is uh, this is how God works. We have structure, and you know, I, I hear in our conversation today, Chris, the term revival. For many of us uh, in in the church world who've grown up around the church, we understand revival perhaps as a series of meetings that we used to have sometimes a week, sometimes two, sometimes now three days or weekends. They still happen, uh, or a a move of God in a community or a nation or a region, that can be a revival, but sometimes that limits uh, it to an event or a scheduled event, and this is not scheduled. Oh. This is just God moving as He as He wills in, in, this, uh, uh, in the lives of these people, and it is a divine interruption. Uh, when Jesus came, that was an interruption to the church, uh, the church world, or the religious it does interrupt, but he's always at the time, and we can always depend on that. I'm thankful 
for those divine interruptions in our lives. Amen. I know you know Pastor Jim Garlow of the famed pastor from the San Diego area, and he and his wife went there the last couple of days. This is what he wrote and posted. In fact, he put up some pictures, and he really couldn't say much, and his eyes were just... He had been bawling before the Lord, and um, he was down at the altar, man, and he said, Asbury Revival Update, we were in the presence from 7 p.m. to 1 a.m., continual worship, worship team rotating about every hour or two, altar call filled with over and over the entire time, altar workers rotating in and out, scripture read, about seven or eight short but very strong sermons on how to walk with God from this point on, and a clear call to death to self. Indescribable, I could not leave. And I think the word indescribable, and that's why I had you brothers on, because I know that you've been in the presence of God when he has moved in your lives, and you've been part of these times when the Lord pours out uh, his presence uh, on a group of people, you know, it's hard to describe. And again, we always quote the scriptures, and it causes the scriptures to come alive, folks. Uh, yeah. the, the, the Bible is a very living book. The Bible, will it lives, it breathes. And if you're reading the Bible and it doesn't read to you, you need to ask God to open up his word to you and speak to you. And in that humble prayer, he will speak to you. Pastor Rodney, what's your thoughts? Well, um, you mentioned uh, Jim Garlow, and uh, I just went and started listening to uh, actually just a few days preceding that revival uh, in Washington, D.C. Jim Garlow and Tony Perkins hosted at the Museum of the Bible a very large, uh, early, very early morning prayer gathering, which was so powerful, and it was all about repentance. Uh, and I think there was 20-some of our congressional leaders that prayed, Anne Graham Lotz uh, just shared about Isaiah 6 and uh, seeing the Lord and the whole repentance aspect of that. And and it's interesting, you already mentioned that the, the Jesus movie uh, documentary is just now coming out as well. And then, because I'm thinking of things that preceded this, um, on January, I think it was 24th, Dutch Sheets shared on Flashpoint, which has a growing audience, uh, a vision he had back in 9-11, and it was the vision of what's happening right now. He had an open vision while preaching at a church, and he just started describing what he was seeing. And um, and so that was preceding that. And um, the probably about the week before this happened as well, I, I just was preaching on Jacob's Ladder and Jacob having that encounter with God at Bethel. And the thing that he said was, after having that encounter of an open heaven, he said, the Lord is in this place. And I think that's probably the key of what is being experienced out of that hunger and desire, the, the recognition of the Lord is in this pray place. Holy Spirit presence is here, and it is rich, and I want to tell somebody, I want to tell them that God is alive. And uh, the other thing that marks this revival as well is incredible love. When God shows up, love shows up. Amen. uh, So that's powerful. Amen to that. Yes, that's right. The love of God shed abroad in our hearts and uh, for one another. And I thought that the president of the college said it well, Pastor uh, 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 President uh, Kevin Brown. He he said it well. He said, it's going to be an outtake of uh, loving... um, 
loving each other and loving others. And uh, I, I just think that that is exactly what the indication is here of what the church is, where, where Christ is uh, inhabiting his people. Let me read this from Isaiah 55. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, Someone says, well, what about repentance? How, how do we make sure that these people, they're coming from all different lifestyles? They may be coming from the LGBT community. They may be coming from, uh, you know, uh, from uh, drug culture and all this. It's like, and thank God for it, because that's who he's saving. He's saving sinners just like me. And uh, what happens? You know, look, in the present, the closer you get to Jesus, your sin is evident before him. Yep. And so that's how you know, folks, we can't do that. Chris Long can't do that. Pastor Rodney can't do that. Pastor Tim can't do that. That's what Jesus does. The Holy Spirit convicts. Um, and so, you know, he convicted me of my sin. And uh, I didn't need anybody telling me anything. Uh, because the Bible, the, the law of God is written on your heart. And that's what happens when the Spirit of God comes in and begins to minister to you. And you just, you just surrender to Christ then your sins become evident. And you know, one of the things I just started seeing on social media, and this is interesting, gentlemen, I just saw a story of a Satanist. I think he's in Australia. He actually was a co-founder of a Satanist church in Australia. And then it shows him bawling. He said, I have left and resigned because I have become a Christian. I've been overwhelmed by the love of God. Amen. Pastor Amen. Tim, your thoughts? Uh, well, I can't get over the interruption aspect of this. Uh, you know, when when Jesus is walking through the crowd and the little lady touches him uh, and, and he stops, he's on his way to do something wonderful, but he stops. He's interrupted. Peter and John going into the temple meet the, the lame man there, and they're interrupted, and they're, they're going to do something religious and pray in the temple— Yet they're interrupted, and, and I'd love this. God needs to interrupt the church. Amen. You know, we, we, we get in this form of, of worship and doing whatever we do where we get good at it. That doesn't mean that that's pleasing to God. I, when my grandchildren come in here in a little bit, they're visiting me this evening, I don't want them to very formally say, good evening, Grandpa. <laughs> perfect in their English. But when they just, in their own sweet way, jump on my lap and hug my neck and kiss my cheek, that pleases me, that blesses me. And and then, you know, I think that's what God seeks from us, a pure expression. And this is such a pure expression of love and worship and adoration in our church, in where I go to church when I'm home, and I was home this weekend. Our little church, we had, you know, Sunday school, and then we have church. You know what? We never had Sunday school because in the first song, just we just went into other songs and yes. other songs, and we experienced what I believe churches around the nation have experienced. And this is a, a move of God. But hear me: when God moves like this, it's it's not just to help us feel good; 
It's to change us, to transform us, mm. and Amen. that the world around us might be transformed. And God's up to something big, and it's not just a series of services. It's transformed lives that can transform the world. Amen. Amen. Hey, Chris, can I tell you, uh, uh, Brother Throckmorton was at our church a few months back, and he began his message talking about trajectory and how that if you're off a little bit, then, you know, as you go further and further, you'll really be off. And we know the trajectory of our nation has been off for a long time. And I believe that this revival that's starting to grow and sweep in America is literally going to realign our trajectory back to the purpose that God has for our nation. And so we're seeing identities in these, in not just kids and adults, being transformed and realigned into God's purpose. And, you know, one person, and it's been said, uh, this word is, is revolution. What's happening is revolutionary individually to them, transforming and awakening, but I believe it's revolutionary for the nation as well. Mm. So this is an exciting moment that we're in. You know, the Word talks about the kingdom uh, suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, and sometimes we hear that word, and it's like, oh my, I don't want to talk about verses like that. It actually means pressing. The nature of the kingdom of God is to press in on us, especially as we're asking for it and we're opening our heart to it. And we want to receive all that God has for us. And so once the the kingdom presses in on us, we turn around and we start pressing the kingdom into the culture. And that's that's a, a major change, major shift. We're going to go to another report. This one comes from Seattle, Washington. Now, as you can think, that that's a very liberal area. In fact, um, my wife's aunt, who taught for over 20 years in the Seattle area, actually to special students, said that I've never seen anything like this. And she's referring to a video clip that came out of, um, it's called, uh, let's see, Federal Way High School. This was just the other day. And it, you're going to listen to a, it's, it's actually a, a worship service that's going on. We're talking in a public school. We're talking in a cafeteria area. We're talking uh, a spontaneous uh, move of God among these high school students. And then a young man is leading them in mass uh, in the sinner's prayer, and they're accepting Christ. Let's go to that clip. That is at a high school in uh, Washington State in the Seattle area, and that was just the other day. Gentlemen, this is breaking out all over. Your thoughts, Pastor Rodney? Yes, let it continue to break out. Um, you know, God can't be put in a box, and I think that uh, often we we have our mindset which that was shaped by maybe uh, our experience or training, and then all of a sudden when the Holy Spirit starts showing up, these young people that don't have all these uh, boxes that maybe us older ones have, uh, they're willing to step out and risk it. 
And uh, I think that's the nature of faith is to kind of take that first step and just and just risk. And um, you know, they're 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 being uh, fueled by passion and fueled by incredible heart to see their friends, you know, born again and their lives change and to see the destruction that's taking place in, in their lives to be turned around. And, uh, you know, I'm older probably than maybe you two guys are. And, uh, I was part of the Jesus movement, the last end of it. And I just remember how it reshaped my life. You know, the music, the messaging, the, just the, you know, open heart for God. I was already born again, went to a you know, great church, but when the Holy Spirit starts moving, it changes everything. You know, I saw that at my high school campus in the late 70s, and when God got a hold of me, and we had a revival. We, uh, there were people that were getting saved, but there was a distinction of those. Everyone knew that something happened to Chris Long, because there was no way. The way that he changed and came out of the lifestyle that he was coming out of, and those who used I used to run in darkness with, and when they saw the the change, I mean they were listening, and I just began uh, to to share with them the testimony of Jesus every day at the doors of the school. I remember the principal, the vice principal, actually coming and saying, "Well, you can't do this. The separation of church and state." <laughs> and I said to him, and he he had been, I'd been in his office a lot, okay? Let's just put it that way. Uh, even a run to the police station, okay? And I said, Fred, there's no way you can shut me up now. And it's like Chris Long was clean, and he was washed. And, and in fact, I, I requested a room with a, another gentleman. I'd come from a, you know, rock and roll drug kind of culture and just uh, running in the darkness. And a friend of mine, he was in athletics, and the two of us joined together. And there was another gal, and she was kind of a Baptist church girl, and, you know, she wore the dresses and all that back then. We were kind of the mod squad. And we went up to the, the principal of the school, and we said, hey, we'd like to have a class in the morning for a prayer. And uh, the, the the assistant principal denied us. He was kind of a liberal. But the senior principal, Mr. Van Gilder, he'd been there forever. He said, Chris, you can have that room right down there at 730. I said, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and God moved in that generation, and just it, it was from there. And there were people that came to Christ. There were those who all witnessed. They, they could not deny the change. And yet there were those who accepted and those who didn't. That will, that will be the same now, ladies and gentlemen. There will yeah. be those who see, they witness, they recognize it's the move of God. It's got to be real. The humility that you see in these students, the purity, the reality of what's going on here. They know it's a work of God, but not all will accept. So it was in the days of Jesus. So will it be now. Pastor Tim, your thoughts? Well, I, I was thinking, Tony had... Uh, Tony Perkins had Asbury Professor Clint Baldwin on his show last week, and something that he said in that interview stuck with me. He said that this this ground has been fertile for a move of God for some time. Uh, there's been a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting, uh, a lot of sharing, a lot of repentance and humility setting the stage for this. And I I don't want I don't want anybody to miss anything. I don't want anyone to miss what God has at this moment. Amen. As, as the waters are troubled, as as the trees, you can hear something rustling in the trees. Amen. Will, there is this moment where God is speaking. If my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So let me qualify what I said. 
I, I don't want anyone who's lost, anyone who's, whose life has been destroyed by the lies of Satan to miss this. But at the same time, Chris, I don't want anyone who calls themselves a Christian to miss this either because right. they look at it with some some critique or some mark. This is God. You just you just you just know it. You feel it. You better not not uh, overlook it. Uh, just as those who miss Jesus when He came or miss the move of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, we prayed for this. We sought God for this, and and I don't want anyone to miss it. Amen to that. And I was thinking about Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, and when Jesus was come to the house. Martha was the one that was running around and getting everything ready and for the food, and we all like to have food. We all like to have when the ladies get everything ready for us to eat. But Mary sat at Jesus' feet. That's where she was content, to be close to him. And Martha was upset with Mary and said, Lord, command my sister to help me. He says, Mary, uh, Martha, she has chosen the better to sit here at my feet. You've been cumbered about so many things. There are going to be people... Christians who witness this revival, they don't enter in, and they're a little critical because of those who just want to sit and be with Jesus at his feet. And I just encourage you, be the one who sits at his feet. Spend time with him. Like Jim Garlow said, we came and we were there from seven to one, and he said, we couldn't leave. We couldn't leave the presence of God. And here's what it says in Psalm 42, verse 1. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so my soul panteth after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, and they will continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with a multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holiday. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God." For I shall yet praise him for the, his help and for his continence. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee in the land of Jordan and the Hermonites from the hill of Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his love and kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. Now, I like that, pastors, because it's just God will overwhelm you with his goodness and his mercy and his kindness. Your thoughts? Well, let me just say, I'm reminded when the revival started breaking out, we started hearing about it, of David's words of repentance when he had sinned, and he basically cried out to the Lord, and he said, wash me, cleanse me, and I'll be whiter than snow. And, you know, he got up after after repenting before the Lord, a changed man again, and David's that picture of that worshiping man with a tremendous heart after God. And I remember in college this one song that was kind of part of the Jesus movement that uh, the words were, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope, my soul waits for the Lord more than a watchman, more than a watchman for the Lord in the morning. And so part of what we see in that revival is just those sitting there just waiting in the presence of God for the presence of God just grow deeper and deeper in their life. And there's a phrase that the president said. He said, 
we've been giving God space here. That word space has kind of been used, and I call that space that open heaven that's over our lives that God wants to just saturate us in. And uh, that's what they've been doing. They've been giving him time and space and like watchmen just waiting on him, and it's powerful. Pastor Tim, I'm going to ask you to lead us. Uh, We're just a few minutes left in the program, but lead those who do not know Christ, who are listening to us right now or need to be revived. Lead us in a word of prayer. Thank you, Chris. I I love that scripture you shared from Isaiah. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy to our God, Mm -hmm. for he will abundantly pardon and 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, as we come before you, I pray that you will speak to the hearts and lives of the millions of people who have heard about this, who may have questions, and because they sense that this is a move of God, something yes. bigger than them, they may not even know how to, to, to describe it, but they know that there's something honest and pure about this, that because of their condition, there's, there's trouble in their heart. They, they're concerned. There's questions that cause them to fear. But we know that, Lord, your long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so I pray for those who have sensed your voice and since they need to do something. And I pray that, that they will just simply pray and ask you to forgive them of their sins, admit that that they need God in their lives, admit that without you uh, they're not complete, and, and repent for their sins, they're sorry for their sins, and help them to trust in you, to believe that you really are the Son of God, and that you came and died, and you rose again, that they could be transformed, Amen. forgiven for their sins. May they simply ask you in their own words, in their own way, to forgive them of their sins and truly in their heart mean it and and receive the gift of salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, change lives today for eternity's sake. We agree and pray together that lives will be transformed by your power in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 and whosoever amen. shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, <laughs> friend, if you prayed amen. that prayer, you are saved. Well, brothers, thank you for joining me, and we're going to close it out with music with one of the anthems that these young people have been singing, a great song called He Is Worthy. And again, Pastor Tim Throckmorton, thank you for joining me today, and also Pastor Rodney Lord. God bless you, brothers. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. It was yeah. an honor. Thank you. God bless. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? Do you wish that you could see it all made new? Is the 
You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.